Welcome to Web of Resonance. I'm Teresa Carmody with Elemental Journeys. And I am Ken Edwards, the Rune Walker. Uh, you may have noticed that we started things a little differently today. Um, and we were intentional about that. Um, I will say that uh, today we're recording, it's the 17th, so St. Patrick's Day, um, which I don't think is actually... Uh, I think that was very synchronistic um, for us. Yeah. For some reason. Um, and uh, this, so you'll be hearing this, uh, this coming Sunday. So like the 22nd or something, right around um, the equinox, spring equinox. Um, yeah. So Teresa, I'm going to hand it over to you to talk about, uh, we wanted to do this before drumming and I'm going to let Teresa explain to you why. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, um, it is impossible to ignore the context that we are in right now in the fear around, uh, not just the coronavirus, but, but what that virus means in terms of how things are changing and how quickly things are changing, um, the need to stay inside or the need to be careful. Um, and, uh, you know, I wake up in the morning and when I check my email or my Facebook feed, I'm inundated with uh, information about closures and safety. And it's very fear-based. Um, and I don't mean fear-based, you know, a lot of times we say that when we're trying to encourage people, it's an irrational fear. Um, I actually think that there's a lot of rationality to the fear. And yeah. yet um, I also am deeply concerned that because there is rationality to the fear, it's harder to um, find uh, an energetic center that uh, is not rooted in fear. And, uh, you know, Ken was saying, as we were talking about it, these are the kinds of times when people go to church more, when people are praying more, when people are reaching for their faith. And um, I think we really want to kind of talk about and uh, explore uh, what does that, what are the practical reasons for that? What does that actually give us? Um I think that when things look hopeless is the time when it's really important to believe in something. Absolutely. I think too, just, I, I don't know if you were aware of this, but I, I looked it up today just cause I wanted to know um, that we're, we're listened to in 17 States and 14 countries. So the topic that we're, it's not just, uh, you know, uh, American or Western or whatever. We, the people, those of you who are listening are worldwide and you're, we're all going through this together. And I think that that's something that is super important to remember our, you know, we might, some of us here in the United States might be hoarding toilet paper, uh, and, and in other parts of the world, it's different. Like we react differently. But the one thing I think that we do go to and do kind of reach for is the, is the deeper meaning of why we're here. And that is where we find or where it's possible to find or where we look for 
the hope. And I and I also think, uh, you know, knowing why that's important uh, for me, um, you know, I've always gone to my spiritual practice to uh, be calmed or to be reassured or to feel supported. Um, but I also noticed that, um, it, you know, we're making choices every day. We're taking action every day, even if you're homebound and you're, you're uh, you know, trying to navigate your way through this. You're making choices and those choices shape our future. They shape what our reality will become. Um, and uh, And I think that faith can help us be very intentional about what we're choosing and why and, and how that can be manifest through our actions. Um, and so to me today, part of what I'm hoping the cards will illuminate is uh, what is that thread or energy current that allows me to still connect with, um, with the vision I have of the world that I'm dreaming Yeah, I, for me, when I look to my spirituality, it is for, it's to find, or not always, but the majority of it really is to find the place where I'm connected. Um, for me, I, I don't necessarily feel always connected to other people or connected to the greater whole um, in the past. And that's where uh, I have searched for in my spirituality, um, that connection and also the, that place of, of um, finding my own will and desire and power for lack of a better term, my, my, the ignition to my car so I can turn it on and, and go and have the, a very meaningful existence uh, in this physical body. Right. And I think um, uh, that's part of what uh, I'm curious uh, to throw our tools about is that when you're collecting when you're connecting to the larger context and the larger context is in chaos and fear and crisis, um, how can you connect to something deeper that is more stable, that's going to endure this crisis, that's going to surpass this crisis that, um, you know, how we navigate a crisis often sets us up for what comes next. Yeah. Yes. And so, I completely agree. yeah. So I'm really looking for, where is the inspiration to how to navigate this crisis uh, so that um, I can be not just connecting with the fear and the chaos that's going on, but connecting with what happens on the other side of it? How do I use my gifts to both sustain myself, my own well-being, but also to offer support and love to others? I like that. Yeah. I think that there is a real a real opportunity for us to begin to, because it's already began, but to, to begin to really shift how we react to these situations that whether they're, you know, artificially inflated or not, 
we can get caught up in um, in times of what are they called? Crazy makers, like even people in your life who they kind of kind of come and stir things up, and it just makes things art- artificially inflated or, or or yeah, that's a good way to put it. And um, I have this term that I really uh, like. And you, do you remember like when you were watching, I don't think they still do it a ton anymore, but I don't watch, I don't watch investigation discovery for a reason. Um, I'm too paranoid. Um, the, where they do dramatic reenactments on TV shows. Yes. So I've come up with um, the term dramatic pre-enactments and that's where in my head, I'm already having a conversation with somebody and usually it's the worst case scenario, right? Uh, with someone. So um, that is where my next steps come from. So I'm trying to, I like to remind myself, you know, wait, you're in the middle of a dramatic pre-enactment. So let's not do that. Um, and let's find this place of, of um, calm in myself to be able to then uh, really not start to manifest something I don't want because, but that's what I'm preparing for. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think in psychological jargon, uh, we're talking about self-fulfilling prophecies. We're talking about when you have a belief in something that is so strong, you will act as if that belief is true, thereby actually proving the reality of the belief. Yep. Um, And belief is a really, really important thing. Um, if for nothing else, and this is not just spiritual, this is psychological, the way humans are made up, when you believe something, you act on that belief. And so you create it. Um, and how do we become more aware of that mechanism um, and use it uh, very intentionally? Yes. And, and do it in truth. I mean, that's the other tough part is that, you know, when I see people try to work with this, I see them feeling a certain way, trying to talk themselves out of that. It's usually something that they consider to be negative. So something fearful or angry uh, or deeply heartbroken or sad and trying to talk themselves out of the thing that they're feeling and then creating this illusion Uh, of energy and trying to create from that and I see a lot of failed attempts with that Um, when you're talking about um, what'd you call it it was dramatic pre what pre-enactment yeah uh, I think that for me I actually use that as a tool I go right into okay if the first time I run through this in my head all I'm seeing is all of the things that can go wrong then I'm very intentionally trying to find a deeper part of myself that knows I'm going to survive this thing, uh, knows that there is potential not to just survive it, but to um, move through it in a way that um, I have to have a belief that there is a resolution that benefits everyone involved. And for me, when I do that, um, pre-enactment, then I'll run it through my head again, actually looking for what is the stream or what is the energy flow uh, that does resolve it in the benefit for all. 
Well, and I think that's where, um, that's where I would like to be able to take that, uh, that, um, process. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really important thing for us to acknowledge, excuse me, acknowledge in, in our own individual and collective ability to be able to do that because we've seen too much on television, I think dramatic reenactments and, and people reacting dramatically. And we think that that's how it has to be. Like, of course, if you get divorced, it has to be, you're splitting up and you hate each other and your friends separate. And we've seen all of these things kind of in front of ourselves so many times that when it comes time to do something different, it's really difficult to. Yeah. We see the brokenness so, and the wound and not necessarily the healing. Yeah. And I, and I think that's maybe, um, you know, something for me that um, is just process that I, of course, want to just shift and, and have it be more productive. So we're really looking today for how do we create a self-fulfilling prophecy that helps us navigate the current crisis in a way that brings about the changes that, um, that bring us into greater wholeness and healing. I like that. You like that? I like that a lot. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, connecting to something that's already pretty potent in the human psyche might be a good thing to do. And what one of the reasons, you know, that we've done this first um, is so that also to it is also to draw attention to the fact that when we're we don't we don't drum just for fun um, on the show. We we drum to if we haven't explained this already, we we drum to reach altered state uh, or to bring ourselves into alignment with what it is that we're doing, which is the show, which is web of resonance and talking to you all and talking to each other. Um, but it also is an opportunity to um, try and find calm and peace within the storm uh, that is everything and anything going on around you. And I don't think storms are bad. I'm not, I don't mean that to be negative, but when there's so much happening around you, the ability to calm and meditate or whatever uh, is very helpful. And so that's why we incorporate drums. So I would encourage um, you, anybody listening, if you feel overwhelmed, like you can, I do moving meditation. I'll go for a walk. Um, I'll take the dogs for a walk. Um, and try and and just allow that to uh center me a little more um and maybe that's something that for us here if they keep uh if we keep going with this um self what are we calling it self social isolating or social distancing yeah yes self distancing then um that's something that we're going to have plenty of time to be able to do so uh, yes. Do you have anything to add to that? Uh, no, just that I think that as I pick up my drum, uh, I, what I would encourage our listeners to do is we usually do a pretty short drum uh, session just to get ourselves connected and prepared for our episode. Uh, today, it might go a little bit longer. So I invite people who are listening to just go ahead and drop into that 
listen to the drum and see what you feel see what comes up try not to hang on to anything try to uh you know uh be in that meditative state where you are aware of what is arising without grasping onto anything that arises i love that yeah i'm ready when you are all right just pulling it her out of her case maybe i should say to you who are listening uh don't be driving and do this i know that uh, yeah that's actually a good tip it's pretty i i would hope it was self explanatory but uh, maybe that was the wrong term. Anyway, uh, if you can do it on the train and you're riding, or if you can do it at home, or if you, even if you're taking a walk, um, just find that place where you're able to, if you start to things start to shift that you're not going to put yourself or anyone else in danger because you're operating heavy equipment. <laughs> right. So now's a good time to pause for those of you who, uh, need to wait. <laughs> yes all right you ready i am ready okay
Shivaya Gurave Satchitananda Mutai Nish Prapanchaya Shantaya Thank you. You're welcome. Um, for those who are curious, um, the chant at the end uh, actually comes from uh, a yoga practice that I used to do, and it roughly translates into calling the divinity within oneself to come and be the guide, to come inhabit the body and to guide all actions, thoughts, words, energies, feelings, uh, that we might live in uh, yoga, which is union with our divinity. So I will explain what happened for me because uh, there's too much synchronicity. So um, during the drum, uh, I felt um, uh, I felt what I would consider your mungand, the world serpent or serpent energy, uh, come up from within me. Uh, kind of up behind me and uh, like the hood of its head uh, it actually my face became it was almost like a mask put over my face but it was like becoming the two mm-hmm. um, and uh, I will say to you that earlier I was researching a little bit about Kundalini because someone had asked me about it uh, for another podcast and um they, it, I read that part of it is divine energy. So it's super fascinating that what you and divine feminine energy, I think is what I read, but uh, that with Kundalini. So it was really fascinating that everything you um, sang about just now chanted about uh, was exactly what had happened for me. Well, that, that is a very good omen then. I mean, we've been having a lot of synchronicities lately and, and, uh, you know, our intention with the podcast, we called it web of resonance because the intention was to find the resonance. Yep. Um, and as I was drumming, I couldn't get this out of my head. <laughs> uh, and I normally, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I chant for myself in my own meditations. I don't usually do it uh, more in public uh, because I want to be uh, considerate that it does not come from my tradition. Yep. Um, and yet I think its message is universal. Um, and it is about coming into union with the divinity that lives within us. Yes. Yeah. I think that's where we have to go for today's message. Today's I think so question. too. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. 
So shall we uh, get out our tools with that in mind and, and uh, just see how we connect with our own divinity to be able to navigate this and create that belief that helps us walk in that union? Yes. Okay. I'm trying to decide. I'm trying to let the room, which set, tell me which ones to use. Um, Both. Yeah, yes, that's exactly what it was. Yes. Get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to when we just tuned ourselves to each other. I know, I know. <laughs> What's happening for you over there while I rattle through these? Um, it's like every card wants to be turned over. <laughs> Like, I'm not kidding you. I probably have 12 out right now. So I'm just kind of going with it and laying them out. Um, uh, there's way too many for me to talk about individual cards. So I'm just seeing if there's a collective that is trying to emerge. Because 12 is an ascended master number too, right? In some belief systems. Um, perhaps. I mean, I was saying 12, but really it has not stopped. I'm, I'm not oh. Well, and I think that just speaks to the complexity in which, in the system that we're living in. Oh, I got tears in my eyes. Um, you know what my cards just said to me? They said, will you please look at the abundance of resources and love that's all around you, influencing you, guiding you, supporting you, helping you navigate this. It's like you could turn over every card. Every card in the deck is there for you. Um, I find that really fascinating because um, we have moved to, I believe, a lot of uh, this mentality of scarcity. And we, but we don't see the abundance around us. I think that's a very wise uh, message because we tend to not see what's right in front of us. We're, we, we do what we're told. <laughs> it's scarcity. It's scarcity. Wait, no, it's not. We have an abundance of things. Well, I think we have an abundance of, um, I think we, I think it's good to, to be mindful of what is limited resource and what is not. Yes. Um, and so, you know, when you're talking about living in the physical realm, uh, there is limitation to physicality and we do need to be mindful of that. I think that's, that's part of what our environmental crisis is, is hopefully we're going to learn from that. Yeah. Uh, but when you're talking about uh, spiritual access, spiritual support, spiritual community, there, there is, it's infinite. There is no end. What are you getting over there? Um, So I did pull from both and then I cast them together. Um, and so I have uh, face up. We have um, Nathis, uh, Jira and Avas. Um, and 
the one that's kind of in the center is Jira. And I, and I think it's really interesting. Um, when that one comes up, especially lately, because it talks about cycles and patterns. Yep. Um, Oh, whoops. There were actually seven. Um, so it talks about cycles and patterns. And I think that that's one thing that, um, kind of gets overlooked when we're talking about um, predicting the future or looking at what the future holds um, because what the future holds is what are patterns from the past that keep repeating themselves, keep doing. Um, Unless we make a change. Exactly. Yes. So and you have to do that intentionally. That really happens by accident. Yep. Uh, and usually when it does happen by accident, it's usually catastrophic. So the one thing that I think um, with the other two runes that were face up is that it absolutely talks to what you just said. Um, Avaz is a rune of, of travel, um, but it's, it's a rune that needs a direction. Like it, it uh, it, it's the workhorse. It'll get you from point A to point B, but you have to tell it you're going to point B. Noth right. is, with the two sticks rubbing together, you have to have a goal of fire if you're rubbing the sticks together or you're just rubbing sticks together. Um, so this is all about um, us looking at those cycles and patterns and directing them and and not just, you know, steering the boat in circles because we're not paddling together or rowing together, whatever we want to say. We, it, it's, it, it is about intention, completely about intention. Um, if I look at the ones that would be considered kind of the undercurrent of the situation, um, I'm looking at uh, Thurazaz, which is uh, destruction, chaos, deconstruction. So I very much see um, that. Um Soilo, which is enlightenment, um, or yeah, that's it. Um, Tevaz, which is truth, uh, I do see as um, compass, and then um, Perto, which is the the kind of what I'm getting at the moment is the rune of, of taking the chance, taking chances. Um, you might have to do something not knowing what is what the result is, but we have to do it. Um, the undercurrent of this really is looking at and finding for each of us or for myself um, a way to navigate the dust storm. Uh, yeah, that's the best way to put it. it uh, navigate uh, without with all the chaos blowing around you, you still have to get from point A to point B if you want to get to point B. But what what is that that we use? And with Tevas showing up, you know, I taught um, I taught a class, and if anyone's interested, it's I think it's available for download on RuneWalker.com. But it was a very good. It was called Truth Ju Tevas, Truth Justice in the American Way with a question mark. And it's it's what it was about was I had a great class. It was about connecting to the different centers of knowing in your body and figuring out what, or just even experiencing them. 
But the goal was to experience them and then continue the relationship with them so that they were able to, they, the parts of you, were able to say, this is a, this is a yes, this is a no. This is a confirmation. This is a, no, I don't really think that's the right way to do that. And it's all about trusting ourselves and connecting to that, that our bodies and the divine part of ourselves, which then can give us confirmation so that we know from within ourselves what it is that we're looking at. And that's how we're able to navigate and to find our own compass to navigate through these things. I like that. I'm still a little overwhelmed by how many cards are, are <laughs> all around me. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, I, uh, a couple of things. I think that uh, first of all, I feel a deep resonance with what you're talking about uh, with cycles is that, you know, the inherent story of the tarot is of uh, an evolutionary uh, process yeah. And it's about how to move and develop through uh, spiritual or psychic development. And that there is always a point of death and chaos, uh, you know, basically is, is the story of the process of life, death, and rebirth. Um, when I first started practicing, I saw that as like one individual life and then we die and then, you know, we go to an afterlife, maybe we, we reincarnate. Um, when I started walking the wheel, I recognized that the earth actually goes through that process every year and that so do we. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and the card that is in the center of all of this, uh, seems to be the one that just is kind of shouting at me. Um, it's the eight of pentacles and on the card is... Uh, a bare-chested male fae. His hair looks like fire. He's um, he's in the fire. He also has uh, a coin that he is holding that he has pulled from the flames. It's reminding me very much of Breed, uh, which is the goddess of forge and well. Um, she is like a farrier or a metal worker. Um, and there is the way that I work with her often is she will stick me in the fire to melt me or to soften me. Um, and that she then does pound me into a new shape, kind of like kneading dough. Um, so pounding, you know, that's what you do with metal. I don't feel it as being a painful thing, although I know that analogy would suggest that. Um, it can be uncomfortable, though, uh, because she will sometimes form me into a shape I've never been before. Um, and for me, this is the card of all the cards that is really sticking out is that um, it, it feels like I just need to walk into the fire, allow myself to become liquefied and to be poured into a new mold. That's funny. Cause that was, um, a little bit of a theme 
uh, on Sunday when we did our Facebook Live Web of Resonance podcast where we do readings for people. That was our first one, you guys, if you didn't catch it. We're doing it every month. Um, that was a theme for someone else, too, um, who was stepping into their new... Um, their abilities were said to be, be... They were told their abilities were going to expand and grow. And it was very much like you have to let go of everything that was to become something that's new and, and different. And I kind of saw that with you and your, what you were just describing. Yeah. To me, this is, this is coming uh, really specific. I think it's why all the cards showed up. Like I felt, I felt like uh, different personalities, almost every single card in the deck wanted to be turned over. It was like every single card in the deck were, were different entities or spirits and they were all kind of saying we are all here um uh and this is the larger context but this eight of pentacles felt to me like this is this is the energy that you need to connect to and then surrender to it and so there is something about uh being very intentional about choosing what energy you choose to connect to right now and then giving yourself over to it because you trust that it will transform you in a way that moves you through this and moves you through it with the intention you hold. So there is something about um, choosing what you connect to, choosing what higher power, broader power, more expanded awareness, whatever it is that you believe in or that motivates you, um, really connecting with it and then trusting it and even uh, trusting it to transform you in whatever way it will um, and trying to offer no resistance to that. Hmm. Yeah. We, um, I was going to say we all. Um, it feels like, okay. This is a kind of a good example. So uh, in the show that I was doing, which is now postponed and canceled, whatever, because of, of this situation that we're in, um, the last rehearsal we had was we were able to have um, the director who used to direct all of the shows come in and watch it for the first time and give us notes. And um, I had heard this several times, but what she said to people when she was like, um, she didn't, she wouldn't say, I don't like what you just did there, but she would say, I need you to make a different choice or make a different choice, choose differently. And I feel like that's what we're being asked to do a little bit is you're doing things like this is how I would have done it, or this is how I would do it. And I'm doing it, but it doesn't quite work. So it's like, you know, whoever is in charge up there, down there, wherever is saying, um try a different choice and i feel like that's kind of a little bit of uh what is being asked too is like try to do it differently i don't you know i think what you did was just fine but try try something different i feel like that's a little bit about like the runes are saying you're gonna try something a little different even if you don't know what it's gonna happen you have to try it it has to be done differently 
Well, I think you're also talking about uh, the way I'm hearing that is that that is a very different concept than how a lot of people think about um, spirit, God, divinity. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of traditions that teach that God has an agenda and a plan and that we just need to get on board with that plan. Um and I think what you're talking about is a real, uh, you know, if I extrapolate from what you said from a theatrical performance into something else, is that perhaps the divinity does not have a plan that is guiding us. The plan is, here you go. What do you make of this? Um, that's blasphemous. And I love it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, to me, more and more, that's what I'm experiencing is, is whatever that divinity is, you know, Breed taking me to the fire and melting me and reforming me. It's not because she's forming me because she has a plan for me. And this is what I need to be to fulfill her plan. It's more like my heart has been crying out for something to be different or, or for for just what my desires are, my intention, my passion, my hopes, my dreams. And it's like, well, okay, in order for, for you to walk in that world, you have to be different. Come on over. I know how to do that. Yes. I will say to you that um, your connection with Breed is probably a connection uh, to, in today's discussion. It's probably a connection that I should have made a long time ago. And maybe it's one that you've actually said to me and, um, it just needs to be uh, re-emerge. It needs to re-emerge. But um, my connections with fire and water um, and the balance of the two using them together, not to extinguish one another, but in use together, um, is a very interesting thing for me. And um, I will say that when you started talking about her, an image popped into my head. So probably about two weeks ago, when I was walking the dogs, I walked them around um, the Walterville Pond. And uh, it's an outdoor area. And so there, along the walk, you come to uh, like an evergreen forest is on the one side. And uh, the one day I was introduced, okay, this is woo-woo people not physical. It was, uh, um, I was introduced to a woman of Celtic origin and, uh, I wasn't quite sure who she was. And so, and the minute you said breed that image popped into my head. And so when I go on my walk with the dogs today, uh, I'm going to sit to, to hopefully discuss things with her about that because that is something that's been there for about two weeks now. And I, I believe that's her and that's why it popped up. So I think there's a lot to be uh, said from, uh, from a lot to be uh, gleaned from what you said about here's you being melted and you're going to be, it's the same you, but you're going to be used uh, or you're going to be molded a little differently. And uh, we have to, I think the, the concept of being willing to have that process for us is sometimes scary because like Perto says in, in this reading, one of the things is taking a chance and taking, um, making a choice and taking a leap without knowing, 
taking a step without knowing what you're stepping onto or stepping into. And I think that that's a really um, brave place for us to, to be and scary as fuck. Yeah. And I, I definitely want to iterate, reiterate for me, this is not about uh, gods, goddesses, divinity, higher power, um, guiding our course according to its plan. This really, it feels like, uh, I wish you could feel what I'm feeling, having all of my cards spread out around me. It's like everyone is showing up to witness. You said you want this change. We're here to support it. So that the momentum, the intention that is driving this, um, melting you, reshaping you, reforming you, and setting that new form doesn't come from us. It came from you. This is us showing up to support you in the transformation that you have been longing for. Yep. I um, I do love that. And that is a scary thought for a lot of us that it is in our hands and it is in our control because then not only the good stuff that we can produce or manifest, but the maybe not so great stuff that we've done that we have to take responsibility for it really does put all of that back into our hands and not in a higher being's hands. Those, those are there, just like you said, to support what our, our goals are uh, and what we want to accomplish. Yeah. I also think that, uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot uh, pre-virus. Uh, I was thinking a lot about discrimination and the different isms and um, and privilege and um, uh, you know how how do I take responsibility? Um, how do I take a, a more general responsibility? How do I become aware of where my privilege has been, what I've used it for? Um, what does it mean to take responsibility? And I think part of where I was starting to come uh, before that process kind of got interrupted was it's very easy for me to look at the past and look at the atrocities and um it's not that I don't want to take responsibility, but I don't want to overly take responsibility. To me, living in this time, in this body, in this human experience, the responsibility I need to take is the action I take from this point forward. Yes. I can't correct the past. There's there's no way for me to correct the past. And if that's what's being asked of me uh, whether by someone else or by myself, um, I will likely fail. However, um, I can make amends for the past, whether it's wrong I did or not, by learning from it and choosing differently going forward. Well, and if I if I can, uh, um, you know, I moved, I moved here. Uh, to Springfield, Eugene area. And um, gosh, like four months ago, five months ago, um, I tried to call home 
every week, multiple times, talk to my mom, my dad. And I, I don't, I don't regret not being there to spend more time with my mom now that she's passed, but I can definitely make choices moving forward to make sure that I am spending time with the people that I want to spend time with. Yeah. And, um, and that means for me that I'm, uh, you know, uh, moving back to Utah (laughs) soon, uh, to spend time with my dad, uh, for he's in good health and he's around and uh my goddaughter who's just turned a year old and um it doesn't mean that i love my friends up here in the northwest less uh but i as far as my family goes i i have to i would like to shift that so that i can make better choices um in spending time with them moving forward yeah Well, I think that that's, it. you know, that's kind of what I remember happening after 9-11. After 9-11, you know, that was, uh, uh, that was a national um, catastrophe. It didn't just happen in New York or Pennsylvania. It happened uh, for the whole country. The whole country felt that. Yes. Um, and uh, for some, it it changed our lives forever. Um in some good ways and in some not so good ways. Um, and I think that that uh, that's true of any crisis. It's going to create change. So the idea of keeping things as they've always been, that that isn't on the table. No. Um, but that doesn't mean there aren't still innumerable options on the table for uh, if you allow it to change you. Uh, can you choose uh, the direction that you would like to be changed? Um, and it's not that you can direct what happens to you. It's that you direct what you choose to do with it. Yeah. Yes. And... I mean, whatever this new mold is that Breed might be pouring me into, I don't know what it's going to be yet. I can just feel the warmth of the flames. I haven't stepped in yet, but you know that's going to be a journey I take this week. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. What will I do with that new form? I don't know. In part, it's going to base on uh, be based on what form do I find myself in. Um, yeah. Uh, but I can tell you this, uh, whatever form that is, I'm going to be looking for what are the gifts of that form? What does this form uh, empower me to do that I couldn't do before? Yes. What are the opportunities now for the things that I was dreaming that I'm now more uh, suited to be able to create? Well, who's to say that... Um... Sorry, I'm thinking of uh, the TV show Forged in Fire on the History Channel because I love that show. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, they make Damascus steel, which is supposed to be one of the strongest steel and um, and blades. So, like, every time we're reforged, you know, we're, uh, it can make us 
stronger and use and and give us different um uh abilities you know like you you don't use a rapier to gut a fish um you know what i mean so like there, there are different opportunities for whatever we're being molded into i'm using blades as a as a metaphor but um yeah the ability to be shaped and molded uh into being able to better interact with better perform better engage better live um to me is 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 exciting even though we have to go through the process of being pounded yeah and melted Mm -hmm. (laughs) heated up and letting go of some things that will not survive that yep yeah And I think that's where the fear comes is that you can't always identify what are the things you're going to have to let go of. Right. And some of the things that we will be asked to let go of, we currently believe are essential. Yes. They they may be based on the form we're in right now, but if, if we're looking to recreate and to create something new, they may not only not be essential, they may actually be obstacles. Yep. Well, my cards are quieting. Are they? Yeah. I so- pictured, um, I actually pictured your cards uh, swirling and floating around you. Uh, they're very active. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, uh, I think what I'm going to do a little bit later is... Um, I'm not quite ready for that journey to be remolded, but I think what I am going to do is I think I'm going to spread the cards uh, in a circle around me and just meditate with them. Yeah. They, I mean, they really, uh, they're so alive uh, and every single one of them, uh, this is, I, I don't usually have an experience quite like this. Like they're always alive and they're always kind of talking, but I, you know, when I do a reading, it's like, I'm the one who has something to say in this particular story today. I'm the one who has the answer to that question or guidance or whatever. Um, uh, today it's like, we all are going to play a part. Yes. Um, yeah. Today, the, the eight of pentacles is the one who's kind of saying, and it's my turn right now. <laughs> um, but he's not an isolation. It's not like I could just have pulled that one card. It's like, you need to know that I, I'm not a single card. I'm not a single energy. I am connected to a larger web. The entire web is activated. I'm just the one to connect to, to get you connected with, with the entirety because it's, it's bigger than your human mind can comprehend. Yes. And that that's definitely something that has been a recurring theme over the last couple of weeks is what we are moving into is bigger than our human mind can comprehend. Um, and that uh, that is a shift that is actually essential to step into something new is that we have to... Um, Stop limiting ourselves to think that we create with the mind only. And that our mind is actually nowhere near as expansive as we think it is. You know, it's interesting. um, 
No, it's not. And uh, what I what I just was um, thinking about the image that popped into my head was evolution. Like our bodies evolved, you know, from we can see back to Neanderthal, blah blah blah. Um, our bodies are the ones that actually remember what it's like to shift and change to adapt. Yeah. So I think I'm going to sit with, I'm going to maybe not sit. I'll you know, walk with it and see what, maybe I'll try hunching over and then straightening up as I walk and kind of see what happens with that. Cause even just in that can maybe help some memory jog loose in my body about how to adapt and how to, how to work with that better. The wisdom in that. Well, I think there's, uh, for me, there's a lot coming up with emotions and our heart. Um, and that, you know, when I say our minds are limited, um, I, I'm definitely talking from a Western perspective where we see mind, heart, and body as, as kind of three different things. Yep. Um, when I've uh, worked with Eastern teachers, uh, mind includes the emotions. So for those who are listening who come from more of an Eastern tradition, I am speaking of the mind of the West. Uh, it's the intellect, it's the philosophy, it's the rationale um, that, um, to me, um, it's very categorical. It's very limited in that, like, when I receive downloads of information, I bypass my mind. I don't want my mind online when that is happening because it can only gather information like I can read. I have to read one sentence at a time. One, Well, I don't read one book at a time, but I can only want, read one book that I'm looking at at a time. Yeah. Uh, when I receive a download, I ask my mind to get out of the way because there is something else in me that can receive volume volumes um bigger than volumes either extensive information um because i can receive it all at once and it doesn't overwhelm me all at once for the mind would blow my mind out oh yeah you'd be in the loony bin yeah um yeah the mind would fracture Uh, and i think that there is something also about uh when I, th- when I was thinking about discrimination and things, the thing that I think connects us and brings us together is on the emotional level. Although we may experience our emotions differently, when you hear somebody's story and it has uh, an emotional impact on you, you feel deeply connected to that other person. It allows you to have empathy and compassion for them. Um, and I think for me, that's an evolutionary step that uh, could, if we choose it to, lead us to communications that are more reliant on nonverbal rather than verbal communications. Uh, and they're the ones that join us, the connectors. Yes. Yeah. Boy, that took a weird left turn. I think I was not... I just wasn't sure what was going to happen today. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I will say my heart still feels uh, broken, but I also feel, um, I feel hopeful for what potential I can see. Yeah. I feel there's a little, I feel a little more, 
stabilized is maybe the wrong word, but close. Um, and a little like the, like I've, I'm able to, to settle the dust a little bit around me to be able to see a little better. Yeah. I hope that has done the same for you or listeners. Um, and that we were able to offer some comfort if you are uh, feeling low and inspiration for those who are ready to dream and act on those dreams. Um, and uh, if that is the case, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear um, uh, if you need support or encouragement, if you want to go on and, and send us a prayer request, I will definitely put you in my intentions. I drum every day. Um and if you have something hopeful or inspiring that you would like to share with the community, we would really welcome those as well. Absolutely. And when you're, if you want to, you can do it through Anchor by sending us a voice message that we can include in the episode if you um, give us permission to, and we would love to do that. Um, yeah. Thank you. Wherever in you're fact, listening. I have an idea, Ken. Ooh. Shoot. Uh, I would love to uh, invite, encourage, and challenge our listeners to please get in touch with us with something that brings you hope, encouragement, support, or inspiration in this time. And I think it would be nice for us to maybe create an episode out of that. Um, so, so uh, voicemails would be lovely. It would be, and you can do that through Anchor. It would be lovely to actually hear different people's voices um, with their words of encouragement, inspiration, and hope. I love that. You like that? I love that. So let's do it. You guys make it happen. Make it happen. Yep. So uh, the way to do that, if you go on Anchor and you want to get in touch, uh, there is a way you can navigate to leave us a voicemail. And if you choose to do that, um, just uh, let us know that you are adding to the episode of, of Hopeful Words. Uh, you can identify yourself or not. Um, I will probably take them and edit them together in a way that uh, I will probably not edit anything out that you send. So if you want to identify yourself, that will probably go into the episode. And if you'd rather not be identified, just don't do that. And you can also, if you're connected to us through Facebook, uh, probably so you can send us a voice message through Facebook Messenger as well. That might work too. Beautiful. Yep. Well, thank you for listening, you guys. And Teresa, thank you for uh, diving in with me. And, and even more than that, um, just I just su super appreciate your insight and willingness to look into these things and, uh, and uh, I don't know, surf these streams with me. Uh, I feel the same way. It's very nice to have company, especially when we're navigating things that are deeply personal and difficult. <laughs> so, exactly. yeah, yeah. It, uh, the support of a friend in challenging times is uh, invaluable. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And you guys, thank you for listening and, the, and for the support that you uh, give us that way, too. We, uh, we really um, like doing this and we really like doing it with you in, 
in mind of listening to it and we know that you're listening. So thank you guys for that. And uh, I guess I don't have anything else. Do you? No, just please be kind to one another and have a great week. Yes, be kind and have a good one.